What is up, everybody? This is episode two of Fuck It We Ball. Today we got a guest, Alyssa Sconzo. She's the assistant director of communications at Winthrop University. And we're going to talk to her about some sports, what she does in the sports world. We're going to go over some of the things that happened in the sports world since the last time we talked. Let's get into it. So, Alyssa, nice to have you today. Obviously, everyone, she is my sister. We have the same last name, if you didn't realize. But um, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do in the sports world, and kind of let's just have a conversation. All right. So my name is Alyssa Sconzo. I'm the Assistant Director of Communications for Winthrop Athletics. Um, in this role, I am the SAD for six sports, men and women's cross country, baseball, lacrosse, women's basketball, and volleyball. Um, and I run their social media. I write their stories for the website, keep statistical information, um, stuff like that. Um, and then before this, I was a social media producer at Sporting News where I covered events like NBA All-Star Weekend, um, Charlotte Hornets games, Panthers, and stuff like that. And it's fun. And I love it. Awesome. So you've been through some, some real cool things in the sports world already. You're only, you know, in your early 20s and you've uh, accomplished a lot already. Um, well, I'm, I'm almost closer. I'm closer to 30. Yeah, you're getting a little old. Getting a little old. But mm-hmm. that's all right. We won't mm-hmm. talk about that. We won't but, um, talk about that. <laughs> So let's just talk about some things in sports. Braden, I know you got the big news in the trade world last night, being a Dodgers fan. You can let everybody know what happened with, uh, with your Dodgers. You know, we got Trey Turner and Max Scherzer for, you know, Kyber Ruiz, you know, Josiah Gray. You know, don't want to see these prospects go, but, you know, buying in the offseason and then buying at the trade deadline is a pretty big thing. You know, I think we're going all in. Should expect another World Series. So that's some pretty big news. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge trade. Um, the Padres made a couple moves. I mean, they made all the moves in the offseason, and then they went and got Adam Frazier to start off the deadline, and the Dodgers just responded back with a, a hammer. I mean, Scherzer is the best pitcher on the market. Turner probably is the best bat on the market, and they said, we're just going for it. They get Corey Seager back tonight from his injury that he's basically been out all year for. It's just unreal. They're lined up with Bellinger, Betts, Turner – Seager, Muncie, it's just nonstop. Um, they don't care about losing the prospects. It it doesn't matter to them. It's not fair. They're like in win now mode. Oh, all the time. They're always in win now. Every mode. single season. Yeah. It's, but let's talk about the Yankees. I mean, they're vying and they don't even seem to be in contention. Yeah, the Yanks, they're they're a couple out right now, I would say to say the least, but uh they're going for it. I mean, Brian Cashman is He's had that uh, that mandate on him for the past couple of deadlines where they need to buy, and they haven't. They haven't added starting pitching. They always seem to add a bat or two, but um, he still hasn't got the team starting pitching. But Joey Gallo is a big bat. He adds a lot of the same element that they already have with a lot of strike and, uh, home run and strikeout guys. But, I mean, we'll see how it works. It's definitely better than, like, a Brett Gardner out there in the outfield. Um, and then Anthony Rizzo is just a, a good veteran bat. He's, uh, he's got to be better than Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt's been hurt. He's been a little inconsistent. So it's good moves for the Yankees. I don't know if it's enough. I mean, the Red Sox and the Rays, they dominate that division. And then out West, they have the Astros and the Athletics that are going to win the division and then be the wild card. So it's going to be hard for the Yankees. They, sh- they probably need another move or two. But we don't really know what they're going to do after what they've done. So, Alyssa, you are a Mets fan. We do know mm-hmm. that. What do you want the Mets to do? I mean, they've kind of been sitting around waiting. The prices for some rentals have been high. Yeah. Um, they need they need reinforcements. They're injured. They need a they need bullpen starting pitching. We need and they starting could use pitching. a bat. 
we need starting pitching. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a GM, not a manager, but if you ask me, I think that's where we need to start. Um, we need to get Jacob back. Um, yeah, of course. So hopefully we're close to that, but still, we definitely need someone else in that rotation for sure. Yeah, I think hearing rumors that you guys have are in on Chris Bryant and Javi Baez. I know Javi Baez said that he was going to be willing to play second base for only the Mets to play on well, the other side of Francisco. I would rather Javi Baez than Chris Bryant, personally. So. I'm kind of split that in the middle. I think that um, they're both just really good bats that are going to help the team. Chris Bryant has a little more versatility playing the outfield, but Javi Baez next to Francisco Lindor, that's, that that's would just be something sweet. fun. It, it would be an entertainment on a nightly basis. But like you said, they need to get Jacob DeGrom back. They're not going anywhere without him. He's there. Right. He's the heart and soul of the team. So it's that simple. And hopefully after some time off, we're going to get more than six innings out of them. So of course. We won't need to rely on the bullpen as much every five days. Exactly. So for those, uh, wa- sorry. For those watching right now, it is 10, 10 a.m. So we don't know if any deals are going to yeah. be made. Obviously, when we post this, I'm sure that the trade deadline is going to be passed. So yeah. as of right now, we know nothing. Yeah. So, I mean, if anything pops up while we're on, we'll tell you guys uh, the Rays did acquire a bullpen arm, Sean, Sean Armstrong right now from the Orioles for cash. It's a little move, but um, there's something right there. A little breaking news. You're welcome. Breaking news. <laughs> Everyone will know about it by the time they hear this. Exactly. (laughs) So there's one thing I do want to talk about since we haven't talked, we haven't, we haven't talked about it in the first episode. Uh, The Milwaukee Bucks did win the NBA finals. And I think it's important to talk about Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, Mm -hmm. this guy is unbelievable at basketball. Just, it's hard to say that he's not the best player in the league right now. He completely took over the series. They were down 2-0 and he won four straight games, almost Mm -hmm. himself. Like, unbelievable and just his whole story coming from Greece uh Greece where you know it wasn't the best situations to where he is now unreal story I mean if you guys want to like say anything about the Bucks or Giannis himself go right ahead I mean beyond just what he does on the court he's such a likable guy I mean we've all seen that video of him in the Chick-fil-A drive through line like he's just such a likable guy and he you know likes to get in front of the fans and stuff like that and as someone who like sports and enjoys watching sports like that's important and he's doing everything right so I'm just a big fan of him personally yeah I was I was excited when he went and got the 50 piece uh chicken McNugget from or not McNugget but Nuggets from a Chick-fil-a he's just such a likable guy like you said there's there's nothing to not like about Giannis he's just puts his head down and he just wants to win and that's it maybe I respect that maybe on one episode you guys can like taste test his half Sprite half lemonade yeah, I hear it's awesome. It sounds really good. So maybe we should have done that. We should have, honestly. Next I'm a time. big fan that this was like kind of the first finals where a super team wasn't made because Giannis, like outside of Drew Holiday getting traded for Eric Bledsoe, it was really just like a home-built team. Same with the Suns, like outside of Chris Paul coming over. Both of these teams were really just home, homegrown and one player to get there outside of like super teams that were – normal used to seeing like LeBron forming a team with AD and like all these other players from different teams to try to take a shot at the title yeah exactly the Bucks they came from the trenches Giannis's first year they won 18 games it was Giannis and Chris Middleton they were fighting for like the same spot so um they've come a long way they're best friends now it's a it's been fun to watch for sure 
All right, so we're going to get into the Olympics now. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about Simone Biles and uh, what she did. Um, I don't know. I haven't really been following the situation too closely, but I know that she needed to step away from the team for her own mental health, and that should always come first. So for me, it doesn't really matter what the story is. I think that whatever she needed for herself, she did the right thing. I don't care what anybody says about letting the country down, this and that. It doesn't matter. She did what she needed to do for herself. She shouldn't be worrying about all of us and the country. It's all that pressure does not go on her shoulders. But Alyssa, I know that you've been following it probably more closely. So let's get into it. Just talk about it a little bit. Yeah. So apparently she has this thing called the twisties, which my understanding, don't quote me on this. I'm not, you know, super in tune, but she, her, like her brain and her body are like not connected. So when she goes to do like a really, you know, difficult stunt, she's not really sure like she doesn't know where she's going to land how she's going to land like it's there's no connection there at the moment and it's really just like a mental block and I know that there's a lot of people saying that oh she's a quitter or it's selfish or whatever you may think but she absolutely did the right thing for herself and her teammates I think it was probably the least selfish thing that she could have done um knowing that she probably wasn't going to go out there and be her best um you know she stepped back and let the girls on her team you know, step up and rise to the challenge. And they did. So um, like you said, mental health has to come first. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, little league, high school, college, professional, or the Olympics, nothing should come above that. So, I mean, USA is going to take home plenty of medals, plenty of medals. And, you know, SUNY Lee took gold in the individual all around. Like there's so many things to be proud of. And I, you know, I think people are just kind of focusing on the wrong things. She absolutely did what was best for her. And I think people forget that gymnastics is so dangerous, right? If she's on the balance beam or the vault and she does something that she's not prepared to do, like she could really get hurt, really, really hurt. And it's just, it's not worth it. It's never going to be worth it. So I'm proud of her for that decision. I'm proud of Team USA. And yeah, I think people need to lighten up a little bit. For sure. I mean, I can go say for many things. I'd say, Brayden, you got anything to add about I mean, she was, she was trying one of the, I think it's never been done before. She was trying it and midway she stopped and realized that she has no, I think the right word is inner gyroscope, which is like how you get like the cat-like ability to be able to land on your feet. And Mm -hmm. that's in every human, you kind of have like a up and down and her inner gyroscope was just thrown off, which was what years and years of being an accomplished gold medal at gold medal gymnast does and I think that people from home are just so caught up on just the gold and the silver when they don't really understand being an athlete and even us we don't understand it but I feel like the people that are sitting on their couch that just kind of not go to regular day jobs but just work day in day out that aren't this these athletes that have trained their entire lives for it and when they when the athlete says like something's not right like, I don't feel right. They contradict the athlete and say, well, then you shouldn't have competed. But this stuff happens over time. This stuff happened while she was there. This like, it's not like she showed up to the Olympics thinking, oh, I don't think I'm going to be able to compete. Like, I want to take this opportunity away from somebody. When Sun, 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 Sunsei, Sunsei Lee. Oh, Suni Lee. Suni Lee won. She's 18, by the way. So incredible 18 year old gold medalist when I was 18 I was figuring out how to pay get my loan for college so exactly. I mean 
She's 18 years old, gold medalist. And I mean, Simone Biles, undoubtedly the gold of gymnastics. So, I mean, she basically, not going to say she opened up the opportunity for her to get a gold medal, but she dropped out. Obviously, she was expected to get the gold, which is her expectations in every single competition. So this has just opened up so many opportunities for SUNY Lee. So, yeah, I agree. Um, I think it's a, it's just an important conversation to have that it's so much more than just gymnastics. And I think people are just looking at it as it's just gymnastics and they're completely wrong there. I think we should just take Simone's feelings into consideration and that should be the only thing taken into consideration. It doesn't matter about bronze, silver, gold, or not meddling at all. Um, in the end, every athlete out there, they're just humans. It, yeah, they want to win. They want to compete. They want, you know, they do it for a living, but in the end, they need to worry about themselves and, you know, fans can hold off and not be the main priority at all times, but kind of switching gears. We'll keep it in the Olympics. Um, let's talk about team USA basketball for a little bit. They're a weird one because obviously on paper, they're the best team in the nation. They got KD, they got Dame, they got Zach Levine. They got Bam out of the, the list goes on. They're a very talented group of basketball players, and they they whomped Iran, which is which was expected. But they lost to France, and France has a couple of good players. But they have Rudy Gobert, Evan Fournier, and Nick Batum, and that's about it. But they still lost, and they just don't look like a like a cohesive group on the court, and. I want to I want to ask you guys why do you think that is? Is it strictly because the LeBrons and Stephs aren't playing, or is it because the rest of the world is getting better and catching up to American basketball? I don't know if I could speak on that, but I think team chemistry plays a really big part, and you've got pretty big pieces, right? Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, yep, and Devin Booker got there like what you know after everyone else, way after, and they just literally came off a super intense. Um, series so I mean I don't know if it's just like a team chemistry thing they're just not gelling but I don't know I think it's so tough because like the 2008 dream team mm -hmm. when we well I think everybody had their eyes on them it was all the star players and it just seemed like they were having fun like it wasn't like they were like having a hard time out there or anything like that they're throwing oops to each other and it was just kind of fun because they kind of just had the expectation of winning coming in and just having fun with it and you see the videos being released of like the 2008 dream team where they're on the plane heading to Beijing and heading to the Olympics where they're just like screwing around having fun like making fun of each other you see Carmelo like screwing around so like I think that this team just kind of lacks the fun part. Like they're, I think it's just too uptight basketball. It's just not like the fun type of basketball that Team USA is kind of known for, where it's slam dunks, alley oops, and that might also go with the world catching up because maybe the world wasn't ready for athletes like LeBron James to be thrown like an oop. They didn't know how to defend that. Maybe I mean there's NBA players on most most national teams that are competing, but I mean they're not the high tier players like LeBron James, Kevin Durant, all them. Yeah. It's, I think it's definitely a bunch of things. They are like Alyssa said, they're not gelling at all. The chemistry is just way off. Um, I think the rest of the world has caught up a little bit. Um, also all these teams that we're playing against, 
especially like our, like the French team, is that they're playing together every summer. And it's basically the same group of guys. It's never really different. So the Team USA team's always different. We get some young guys. We get some old guys. Sometimes like the bronze and Stephs don't play. And it's just a it's just a group of talented players. And I think it's just – it's killing them right now that they, won. they don't really ever play together. They're mainly competing against each other. And I think like Brayden said, they're not having fun. If you watch these games, they're – they're boring games. They put up 74 points against France. They should at least be scoring points. If you're, even if you're going to lose, they should be scoring. They are the best offensive players in the world, and they're just not. I, I like the point that Braden made that they are not having fun on the basketball court right. at all. And it's sad to see because Team USA is always – they're always so much fun to watch. They're, they're usually beating teams by a lot, and it's usually fun basketball. But they're not having fun, and it's not very fun to watch right now. You guys uh, think that that might be because they've kind of turned their back on some players? I know that some player like Trey Young. I know that he's been very vocal about wanting to play for Team USA. Like he wanted to go out there and be like, "Hey, I'm representing my country." And like Team USA instead brought in Javale McGee and I don't know the other player, but I know that Javale McGee is definitely not a top tier center in the league, and I don't know why we're doing that, but. <laughs> yeah, they had some openings and they chose JaVale McGee and Keldon Johnson. Mm -hmm. And there was players that wanted to play that have come out and said they want to play. John Morant and Trey Young are two of them. Um, not just being the Knicks fan of me, but I know Julius Randle wanted to play. And I mean, it's hard to deny that he's not that he is better that than uh Jeremy Grant, JaVale McGee. Um, and these are players that wanted to play. They wanted their name in the hat and they weren't given that opportunity. And we don't really know why. I mean, Pop, Coach Popovich made the team, and he had a vision for it, and that's kind of what they're going with. And as fans, we don't really know exactly, you know, what's behind that. But I, I think if you build a team of a bunch of players that want to play and don't look at it as like, ah, I have to, you know, just for my country, but players that genuinely want to go out there and they want to win for Team USA and they want to be known as the best basketball players in the world, I think you'll have more success if you put people that just want to be there. And I don't think that they did that. So staying on the topic of basketball, last night, big night for a lot of young men in the, in the NBA. It was the NBA draft. Um, the first pick was Cade Cunningham. He's going to the Detroit Pistons. He's a guard from Oklahoma State. This guy's an all-around player. He's There's no one like him. He's a 6'8 he's a ball handler that can shoot, defend, pass. You could put him in the pick and roll and – He's this facilitator. He's dynamic. Um, shout out to my one of my best friends, Ryan Gordon. He's a Pistons fan, and he got Cade Cunningham. That's the savior, so congrats. Um, the second pick was uh, Jalen Green. He played in the G League. Uh, he's going to the Houston Rockets. He's a dynamic guard. He's athletic. Um, a lot of potential there. Low, low floor, high ceiling kind of guy. And then the third pick was um Evan Mobley a big a center from uh USC the he's going to go to the Cavs and he's going to be paired with Jared Allen he's a seven foot guy that can dribble he can shoot he can defend the perimeter he's an impressive he's an impressive uh prospect so we'll see how the Cavs put that together that was just a overview of the top three um let's talk about some, the big news of the night freaking Russell Westbrook get, being moved to the Los Angeles Lakers yo Russell Westbrook they get traded with, along with two second round picks for Kyle Kuzma Montrez Harrell Contavious Caldwell Pope and the 22nd overall pick last night which turned into Isaiah Jackson um 
Yeah, LeBron gets his guy. LeBron gets a point guard. I don't know how it's going to work. The spacing on that team is disgusting. None of them can shoot. LeBron is the best shooter on that team, and LeBron's not a very great shooter. Um, but they got stars. I mean, they got names. So we'll see how, how uh, Frank Vogel puts it together and how they mesh this year. I, talking about meshing with Team USA, I don't know how this Lakers team is going to mesh. It's going to be clunky, to say the least. There's no spacing on that team. I think it's kind of a negative start when you have to meet at LeBron James' house to agree to put your egos aside before you join together because I feel like there really shouldn't be an ego on a basketball team. Just got to win and get whatever you got to do to win. But. Yeah, exactly. The, so the little story was that Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis kind of met at LeBron's house, and they kind of had a conversation about putting their egos to the side and, you know, let's just win. So Braden's definitely right there. I mean, if you got to already start the conversation, it's like, yeah, we all need to, like, put our egos aside. Maybe those three egos shouldn't be together. But I'm not the general manager. I'm not Rob Polinka. Um, he can do whatever LeBron he wants. James. I mean, yeah, it I'm look, looks James. good on paper. It looks great on paper, but you'll never really know how that plays out until the season starts. So For sure. And like I always like to say, you don't really win on paper. You got to win, win in person. So it's going to be a fun 2K team to play with next oh, year. It's going to be a blast <laughs> on 2K. Um, so, Alyssa, I know you got a little shout-out for the NBA draft last night. Oh, yeah. Before we move on, I just want to give a quick shout-out to Chandler Vaudrin. He signed a deal with the Cavs after the fact. So, we're super proud of him and very excited for him. He's from Ohio. So, that's huge for him. Yep. And Chandler Vaudrin was a, was a guard for Winthrop uh, University this past year. Obviously, since Alyssa works for Winthrop, she's gotten to know uh, Chandler. And um, we're excited to see where his career takes him. Uh, hopefully the Cavs give him a shot and we'll kind of go from there. Nobody works harder. So, I mean, I think just he just needs someone to give him a chance. So we're really excited. For sure. So we kind of want to switch things up a little bit, have some fun. Uh, so we told Alyssa beforehand to uh, bring on the show five things that she can't live without, that she needs on a daily basis. So you can kind of go over and we'll talk about each one. So what's your what's your number five thing? Uh, probably my AirPods because I can still listen to music and stuff without them, but I love them. And sometimes if I just like, don't want to be bothered, I just put them in and people think I can't hear them. So it's perfect. My AirPods number five. For sure. I AirPods, I have them with me every day. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm always listening to music, so I need headphones at all times. I, that's just, everybody needs headphones. Okay. My number four thing are probably my Adidas. I'm wearing them today. I wear these like every single day. Went to Adidas school, so got lots of Adidas gear. But these are my favorite. Literally wear them every single day. They're so comfy. I'm gonna need that 40% off code, just so you know. I do a little shopping. Okay, no. we'll see what I can do. We'll see. <laughs> so, so what's um, the number three thing? Number three, probably my laptop. I can't show you because I'm using it. Um, can't do work without it. Of course, course. obviously we need, we need our laptops to do our podcast now. So it's the thing that we can't live with that either. Exactly. And then kind of tied for one and two, my phone and my iced coffee. I just love both so much. I can't really choose. It's really coffee might squeeze into that top spot. I will say for everyone out there, iced coffee in our family, besides me, everybody drinks it. Our dad, all, all of my sisters, it's, they are freaks for their iced coffee. They're Once Dunkin' you have Donuts. One good iced coffee, it's it's over. Right. Iced coffee. Dunkin' or Starbucks. Drop it in the comments. 
Yeah, exactly. We need that conversation. Dunkin' or Starbucks? I'm going Dunkin'. I'm going Dunkin'. I'm going Dunkin'. We know it. Dang, 3-0. Anybody that's not going Dunkin'. Yeah, come on. Let us know if you want Starbucks in the in the comments. So, uh, and then your number one thing was your phone. I mean, yeah. I think that's everybody. Like, especially being in the sports world and like sports content creation, mm-hmm. marketing right. world, like. I'm not even like really doing anything in sports. I'm on my phone all day. I'm checking right. sports news update. It doesn't matter. I'm on my phone all day. It is. And when you're working in social media, you're literally always on. And the best way to get stuff out and to capture content is just on your phone. So could not go without my phone. That's for of course, sure. Of course. All right. So we're going to switch up the vibe a little bit. I know on fuck it, we ball. We don't, we don't really care about takes or whatever. Just going to throw it out there. So we have a segment. It's going to be called controversial take of the day. So you got to give us one controversial take that maybe you have that other people won't agree with. I know that you got, you're a Mets fan, mm-hmm. but one rule is that it cannot be political. Okay. It's not. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. You kind of, you know, as a Mets fan, I think we've come to learn over the last couple of years that wins don't matter for pitchers. Win-loss record should not matter because if you can look at Jacob DeGrom's stats over the last three seasons and think, oh, well, he's really not that good if the team doesn't win when he pitches, you know nothing. Win-loss does not matter. If you, I don't know the numbers, so don't, you know, quote me or put me on the spot, but if you look at how many games they lost or he got the no decision in when he literally has given up one run. If his team doesn't put up runs around him, there's nothing he can do about that. And half the time, he contributes to the offense. Win-loss does not matter. And I think he's going for the three-peat. So. I would love to state that I've been to two Jacob deGrom starts where he has gotten the loss in a two-to-one game, and he drove in the only run. That's, That's embarrassing. What talking about. So he's a two-time Cy Young award winner. He won one Cy Young with nine wins. But when you have a 1.83 ERA, it doesn't matter. You are that good. We're seeing it again this year. He's obviously, we talked about it a little bit before he's been hurt, but his ERA is 1.10. It is unreal. His, his ERA looks like a whip and it's not fair to major league hitters. And what's, what's his win loss <clears throat> record right now? He's seven and two this year. So he's winning this year. The team is yeah, obviously a lot better this year. The bullpen's been a lot better. So they're not blowing games, but they're winning when Jacob Durant pitches. Almost every time he pitches. The two losses came earlier in the year. It is about time. So Jacob deGrom deserves his respect. Um, We're not going to get into more controversial takes, but he's the best pitcher of all time. Yeah, we don't have to start that. But But he's unreal. He deserves his roses. That man is a king. Jacob deGrom is the best, especially at the moment. The best right now, and it's not a discussion. So before we end the podcast, we'd like to thank Alyssa for coming on today. She's very busy in the, you know, doing what she's doing on a daily basis. So uh, we thank you for being able to come on, talk a little bit uh, with us. You know, you gave us 20, 30 minutes, which is, you know, I know it's difficult to find that in your day. So we appreciate that. Um, I mean, we'd love to have you back on down the road when we need more guests. So sounds great. Uh, we'll keep you updated. Um, Make sure you follow her on all social medias. Yes. Follow me on social media. Of course, you know, follow her journey. You know, she's going to be doing big things in the sports world. So big announcement for what she's doing. Big (laughs) announcement coming soon. So (laughs) this is fuck a wee ball. This was episode two. 
Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week.